Hello, friends, and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. This is episode 192. And again, my name is Lance Bain. What a privilege to have you with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for spending this time with me this week on our podcast. Hey, we've got a great topic for us this week, Top uh, tips for transition, tips for transition. Hey, if you want to know more about me or check out more about who we are, you can see us at LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. There are additional resources located at the website as well. You can communicate with me through the website. would love to hear from you. And as always, we would really appreciate you leaving a review or a rating wherever you may be listening and share this with your friends. Episode 192, Tips for Transition. Tips for Transition. Everyone experiences transition of some kind. Think about just simple, our early years of, of, our, of our human life, right? When we transition from infancy into toddlerhood, from inability to walk to walking. And when that transition happens, a whole new world opens up for us. And then kindergarten and elementary is a natural transition where you start developing a stronger social network. And then into middle school and high school, and you graduate and you have college and relationships and changes at work and changes in your body and anatomy and relationships and finances and geographical moves. Our lives are filled with transitions. Some of them are thrust upon us. Some of them are are by our own choosing. And I want to offer you just a few tips today on how we can effectively navigate times of transition. And I want to share with you a personal story where these really became helpful for us in our own times of transition. So today, let's talk about tips for transition. Hey, I want to just uh, share with you, first of all, what is transition and why is transition necessary? Before I jump into tips for transition, let's talk about what it is and why is it necessary. Let me ask you or let me explain first why is it necessary because this is not the simpler of the two questions, but I can give you a more succinct answer on the why because the why is so unique and subjective. But there are two general reasons I have found on why transition happens. One is because of problems, and the other is because of promises. Let me give you an example of a problem. You are in a significant car accident, and you have a broken bone in your leg, and it requires surgery and pens, and your leg actually ends up a little bit shorter than the other, and this creates a significant physical limitation for you. That's a transition. And that was transition was thrust upon you because of a problem. Now, attached to every problem is a promise. And this can be the other reason for transition is that there are promises for you. There's opportunities, promises, initiatives, things that are positive that initiate transition as well. Sometimes you will have both problems and promises present when transition is happening. Let me tell you a story about my own life and how some of this played out. In 2011, I began to experience significant emotional crises and began to see a therapist on a regular basis. That work 
at the time, what I didn't realize was a precursor to a more significant transition for me and my family in 2013. In 2013, my paternal grandmother had passed away. She was the last of all my grandparents. And then I was having some difficulties in my current job, and that precipitated transition. And then my son was engaged and going to get married, which was a big transition. My daughter lived in a different part of the country. Now we're beginning to experience a little more of an empty nest situation, which began to be a significant transition. And professional change happened where I moved 1,800 miles to a completely different part of the United States of America that I had never lived in before with a vastly different culture and demographic and lots of change in all kinds of ways from ethnicity to um, political perspectives to suburban versus urban, all kinds of change going on. And then a month after that or two months after that move, my father passed away suddenly, and now both of my parents are deceased. 2013 was a lot of transition, and the therapy work in 2011, <clears throat> in hindsight, was necessary because it began to give me a framework for how to manage transition. And so when I make my family and I, my wife and I, and uh, two of our kids at the time, made this transition to another part of the country, it was significant and large. It was beautiful. And it was filled with promise, but it was also filled with problems. The problems being a lot of these personal things that had happened, such as the death of, a, of my father and the death earlier that year of my grandmother and the distancing of friends that we, we love and distancing of family that we had left our son and left siblings, etc. All of us experience transition of some kind. And why transition? Sometimes it's because... Problems and situations thrust transition upon you. Other times you experience transition because an opportunity, a promise of something better has emerged and you want to say yes to that. And that was the situation for my family and I in 2013. A promise had arose and we were excited about the opportunity of it and we leaned into it and it worked out for us. And that precipitated a significant transition for us. What is transition? Let's think about that. The why of transition is typically problems or promises as two general categories. But what is transition? In a book in, about transition that I've been looking at lately, it's in such a, a helpful read about transition. The author talks a lot about the idea of what transition is in his own life and doing studies on transition. And I love the, the thought he lays out in the book, the book is Transitions, Making Sense of Life's Changes. In the book, the author describes uh, in the opening chapter about being in transition, he says from uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, the caterpillar says, who are you? I, I hardly know, sir, just at present, Alice replied rather shyly. At least I know who I was when I got up this morning but I think I must have changed several times since then. <laughs> what an accurate idea of transition. Transition typically involves an ending. It involves a time of confusion or distress, and it involves a new beginning. Ending, a time of confusion or distress, and then a new beginning. When I think about my move 
and my family's move across the country, I was at part of me was more focused on the new beginning, new opportunities, new relationships, uh, a unique opportunity, something I was excited about, a new part of the country to live, to explore, new climate, new new food, new ethnicities, new culture, new friends. I mean, new everywhere. Everywhere you looked, it was something new. The only thing that seemed steady were the few people in my life and my clothes and my car. Like There wasn't much else that really felt normal. It was a new house and just everything was new. And I can really relate to Alice in Wonderland. I woke up one person, but I think I've changed several times since then. Transition involved an ending, and I was so focused on the new beginning, I couldn't see the ending, the ending of the previous job, the ending of what it meant to live so close to my family, the ending of what it meant to do life and have a professional career that is intricately and intimately connected to some of my dearest, dearest friends. It was the ending of my favorite restaurants. It was an ending of the familiarity of the area in which I grew up, going past my high school on a regular basis, able to drive not far from where I lived and see my childhood home. It was the ending of a certain weather climate that I was used to that allowed for outdoor activity almost year-round. It was the ending of my favorite stores and the type of clothing that I had become used to purchasing and wearing and developed my own sort of style. It became the the ending of doing certain things at certain times with friends on a regular basis. It became filled with so many endings. And transition has a lot to do not just with the external changes, like in our case, a geographical move, which implied a new home and new weather. And I didn't even have snow boots. <laughs> Where I was moving, I needed snow boots. I didn't even know what snow plows, snow blowers were. And I found myself suddenly needing a snowblower. These were just ideas that you would see on TV or in movies, but this became our real life. And so focused on the external changes in transition, I didn't think enough about the internal change, the changes that needed to take place in my own heart. When we talk about endings, we're talking about inward things that need to change, inward changes that are happening. Inward changes that are going to happen. Can we be intentional about what those changes are? Pete Scazzaro says, nothing new takes place without an ending. Simon Sinek says, when you're experiencing change or transition, it's important to reduce fear and resistance by helping others feel heard. Was I listening to my own soul? Was I listening to my wife and to my children? Was I listening to the memories? Was I listening to those things around me that were all experiencing significant upheaval? Graham Cook describes transition as the place between promise and fulfillment, and that is where you are tested to see if you are able to inhabit the new. Transition is the place between the promise that you have been given, the opportunities that you see, and the fulfillment of those opportunities. And the place between promise and fulfillment is where we are tested to see if we actually have what it takes to inhabit the new. The challenge with me entering into a new beginning that was filled with hope and opportunity, excitement and expectancy, it was also filled with fear and anxiety, uncertainty and instability, And without properly dealing with the endings, 
I could never effectively enter into a time of confusion and distress, which out of such a place is where a new beginning happens. When a woman is in birth, right before her delivery, she enters into what is called transition. It is when her body and the all the elements required for the healthy birth of a baby are put into place and transition happens because something new is coming. Friends, when we talk about transition, we're talking about things have to end. It's painful. It's difficult. It can be sad. Maybe things that need to end, you're relieved that they're ending. Abusive relationships, toxic work environments. Maybe habits or addictions need to end in order for you to enter into something more glorious and more magnificent. That's the kind of ending we can celebrate. But some of us, the endings that we experience are sad endings. They're worth lamenting and grieving and processing. What is transition? Transition is an ending then followed with confusion and distress that is then followed by new beginnings. When my wife and I made our cross-country transition, the challenge that I faced is that my new beginning required an immediate role, an immediate leadership function. While I'm trying to give hope-filled leadership to the organization, I am inwardly struggling with my own endings. And that is a very difficult place to be because you don't want your inner struggles of the endings that are taking place, the grieving, the lamenting, the confusion, the sadness, that what is this new thing? And it's just a, it's a myriad and a mixture of emotions. And you don't want your internal endings and grievings to leak out into this new external world of leading with hope and vision and promise. Transition. It's a big deal, and if you haven't experienced it, you will experience it. And my guess is you have experienced it, and maybe you didn't realize it. That particular year of 2013, it was a transition when my grandmother died. No more talking with her. No more praying with her. No more hearing her stories. No more getting her wisdom. That was over. The professional changes. No more doing life with these people that I had grown to love with great affection. Paternal changes. No more golfing with my dad or calling him and talking about country music, the Texas Rangers, the latest golf tournament, or how, he, how his health was doing. That is over. Transition is a big deal, friends, and our lives are saturated with it. And it's important that we learn how to navigate transition in healthy ways. Here are five tips, simple tips. They don't always touch the depth of transition and what it needs, but these are just simple tips for you begin to for you to begin to think about how effectively you are managing transition. Do you have the right environment that can allow for proper and healthy endings? Navigating distress and confusion with some sense of hope and confidence and certainty even in the tears and even in the uncertainty and that you might be ready to embrace the new beginning, that you can actually, as Graham Cook says, pass the test and inhabit the new. Let me share with you these five tips. Here is tip number one. 
monitor the quality of your conversation. Monitor the quality of your conversation. Again, just to quote Simon Sinek, he says, In times of change, it's important that you reduce fear and resistance by helping others feel heard. Monitoring the quality of your conversation has to do with the kind of things that you talk about as well as how well you listen. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. And monitoring the quality of your conversation is to be intentional and to be purposeful that, yes, you may say some difficult things, some sad things, some hard things, some disconnecting statements, some statements that are intimately connected to fear, to anxiety, or to worry, or or to distress. That's okay. You want to monitor these things because you don't want your quality of your conversation to become toxic, to become permanently toxic, to become habitually toxic and negative. You you need to realize that your words shape your atmosphere. Your words are powerful. And we don't want words that just ignore reality, but we want words that are influenced by a more hopeful reality than just the reality of transition. Monitor the quality of your conversation. Tip number two is to take care of yourself physically. During times of transition and distress and confusion, there's lots of stress. There's lots of things that are going on in your body. It's important that you eat well, get some exercise, stay hydrated, do those kinds of things because you want to take care of your physical frame as much as you can. Tip number three is to practice hopeful patience. The temptation in transition is to want to hang on to the good old days or too quickly abandon those and enter into a brave new world without proper transition. You need to practice hopeful patience. Transition is a process. It's an ending, often more of an inward ending than an outward outward ending. And an inward time of confusion and distress, you're unsure of what the new beginning is. Will you even know it when it shows up? How long will it take before it gets here? Will I be ready for it when it arrives? What do I do when it shows up? I want to go back to what it was because that's comfortable. I miss that. I miss this. I miss that person. I miss that place. I miss the normal, comfortable, expected routines of my life. Practice hopeful patience. Tip number four. Remember your who and your why. Don't forget your identity in times of transition. And don't forget why transition is happening. Leverage it to work for you, not against you, and remember who you are. You are not defined by your circumstances or your transition. Transition tests our identity. It reveals what we believe about our identity, but it does not give us an identity. That identity is given to us by our maker, by Jesus Christ. Remember your who and your why. And tip number five is transition together. Transition with your friends. Transition with others. Talk with them. Share with them. Laugh with them. Pray with them. Create memories together. Walk through transition together. Encourage each other. Remember the faithfulness of God. Remember how past transitions have worked for you. Monitor the quality of your conversation. Take care of yourself. Practice hopeful patience. Remember your who and your why and transition together. We will always be stronger than me. Tips for transition. Maybe we'll talk about this again in next week's podcast. Friends, embrace the transition. It can be a good thing. Hey, I love you. Stay helpful. Stay hopeful. And I'll talk to you again next week.